Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more positive and cooperative future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive impact on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. And I'm so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who have impact. They're energizing and inspiring role models. And I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. So today's guest in the podcast series on impact is Kate Grock. Kate is the founder and CEO of the Good Work Foundation, an organization with the mandate and vision to deliver English literacy and information technology education and support in a variety of fields in South Africa and beyond. Kate believes in the potential of all people. She says, it should never matter where you're born. You must have the opportunity to fulfill your potential and to add value to your own community. Otherwise known as Yafro, Kate, or Teach, I hope I got that right, Kate. Kate is uh, passionate about finding an African way of delivering a world-class education and creating a model that can be replicated to all of the developing world. Kate is a former zoologist and biology teacher with a unique background in distance learning that took her and her classroom through Africa, India, Australia, Europe, and the United States. Her experiences around the world and in rural communities have inspired Kate's vision for rural digital learning centers. She says, my dream is to influence and change the thinking of an entire generation. And believe me, I've met Kate, I've worked with Kate, and if anybody can do it, Kate can. So welcome, Kate. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thanks, Ursula. I'm thrilled to be here. So... I'm, I, I've heard the story of, of uh, how you've done, how you've created GWF, good, the Good Work Foundation, and the work that you've been doing. So what is it that, that was so exciting to you about this idea and the, the philosophy and, and the, uh, the uh, approach that GWF is taking in the, the field of education? What is it that drew you to that? Um, it's interesting. I've, I've been in education my whole working life. I think I come from a family of educators, so it was almost destiny to get into that field. And I found myself in rural South Africa, not in one of the urban centers like Johannesburg or Cape Town. And what became more and more apparent to me was the disconnect between the urban and the rural. And in South Africa with our past, which already has so much catching up to do, um, I started to see that there was really a, a, a lagging behind of our young people in the rural spaces. And being a passionate education, educationalist and educator, in fact, it's who I am when I wake up in the morning. It's not a job that I do. <laughs> it was to try and find out how can we create opportunities for these young people in the rural spaces. I was meeting young people with the same passion, the same abilities, the same um, potential, and yet they weren't connecting into into the workplace or into um, sort of the economy of, of South Africa and even the world purely because of where they were born. And for me, that was just a, it's a non-negotiable and it, it's something like that to me is just not fair. So it was to try and look at how can we use the education 
tools and the digital tools that have sort of been evolving to do exactly that, to bring learning to the children in areas and the young people in areas which formerly would have been left behind. So what is it that makes GWF unique, do you think? Because there's a lot of educational initiatives in rural South Africa and other countries as well. What is it that makes makes what you're doing particularly special? Um, I think there are a couple of things, and I think the first one is the people that we're working with. And I know you have visited us and you've met some of them. And see, working in the rural space, you're working with young people, you're working with people who are passionate, who are keen to get their lives going. And I feel like I'm on this untapped reservoir of potential and energy every single day. And I think what we've managed to do in Good Work Foundation is not to come from the city and tell um, the rural space how we should do it, is we spend quite a lot of time listening in the rural space. And the rural space is very clear on what it needs and where it would like to go. And I think it was then to take what the, the needs of the space were and what we could add to it and to move forward together in a partnership. And I think, so that for me, the people and partnerships that we've created have been, for me, the key to the success and what makes this space special. And I, I can testify to the amazing energy at uh, the the Hazy View Digital Learning Center that I, I visited and did some workshops at. I, I just was so, it was such an extraordinary place that you've created there and a gathering place of people that are feeling so empowered and energized about what you're doing. I, I found that so extraordinary. Absolutely. And I think as we get critical mass of this energy, we're drawing more and more young people on that vision. And I think that's, you know, we spoke the other day that we're education revolutionaries, and that's exactly (laughs) what we want to be. And, you know, yes, young people are looking for jobs, but I feel on staff now and in on our mission, we're having a large number of people who actually believe in that. And people are working here, not because it's the only thing they can do, but because they're choosing to be part of change in their own communities, which for myself is very exciting. Well, one thing that so struck me when I was speaking to people there is that they're so focused and wanting to contribute in a positive way to their communities that, I mean, conversations that we had about, you know, what would you do if you had unlimited resources? It was almost always about contributing to the community in some way. So they're they're really tapped into that sense of being part of something bigger than themselves. I, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we I know the word Ubuntu is, is thrown around a lot in the world today, but in a rural space, in a space where possibly people don't have a lot of money and you have to be connected to each other, your survival depends on it. And people have a very clear understanding on family, community, and if somebody succeeds, the whole community succeeds. There's a great celebration with everybody. If somebody is sad or loses somebody, the whole community loses. And I think that is what happens out here. And what we have are young people who are now seeing opportunity, moving into that space. And for me, which is why I love to work in the rural space, is nobody is seems to be doing it for themselves. Yes, they are having a career and excitement, but if you ask most of the young people on the staff what would they do, they would either build a house for their granny who looked after them or mm-hmm. build better schools in their community or want to work within their community to make everybody better. Um, I do think part of the success of that is also that we have a large 
number of women on staff and women as students. And I think that is a general tendency of, of women to, to look further than just myself moving forward, looking at how can I, number one, get my family, number two, my community, and, and shift the whole space. And I do think that has a lot to do with the fact that I think we're about 85% women, both staff and students, which um, is, is pushing that trend. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you mentioned the word Ubuntu, and I, I wonder if you could define it for people that maybe haven't heard it or aren't totally clear what the meaning is, because I think it's a powerful concept that you're that I see you applying there. Absolutely, and I think the word Ubuntu for us here is that I am who I am because of my interactions with you, and I can't be me or of any benefit if I'm just me. I can only do that because I'm in a partnership with you, and so. For me, the Ubuntu that is out here in Africa and, and I think is a core um, value in, in rural Africa and traditional Africa is that you cannot stand alone. You stand with your community and you are only as good as you are because of the people that you that connect with. So that's my understanding um, of that phrase. And the one one way that I saw that really personified when I was there is your morning gatherings, your morning meetings with the staff. I was so struck by that practice of all gathering and meeting in a circle and then singing together in this beautiful, seemingly, it seems like spontaneous harmonies. I don't know how everyone has such amazing voices, but they do. And then going around the circle and and. Uh, talking about what's going on and where people might need resources and doing some problem solving right there with the entire group. I, I think that that was such a powerful practice to see in action. And I think it, it really reflects how value, how your values are being brought into and, and the values of the community are really being brought into GWF. Do you, do you think that that's the case that the, that GWF is a reflection of, of you and your values and, and of community values? Um, absolutely. I think if I can first talk about that morning meeting, it's, it's interesting. We always um, aim to have an African solution to this African issue that we have. And I think we have to be very careful not to, to, to shift values and culture in, a, in an area where culture is still a very important part of, of, of everybody's um, daily lives and, and, and mission. And the, the circle, um, we have, our, as you know, our digital tree, which sits inside our building, and that is, to, is our symbol to be African and great. And so we still learn from our elders and our teachers under a tree, but now as it's on tablets and, and, and computers. But in the busyness of a learning center and of a campus, I think it's important, yes, we've all tapped into the vision and the mission, but for me, the days can get crazy. And so we start every day with quiet, which I think was a challenge in the beginning. It was a, a big challenge for all of us to still ourselves because we know the busy day ahead. And sometimes there are already children in the building, there are already things, but to actually still stop, take that time and breathe out before the day begins. And then as you say, the spontaneous joy and singing happens every morning. And I can really feel of no better way to start any day than with the team under this tree. Um, and then, yes, everybody sort of fills in the, the general idea of what they need that day and, and maybe the day ahead so that if there are any problems or any support that they would need from others, it makes us a family. I think the way we start our day uh, makes us a family. And in, in fact, we had our a staff brow on Friday 
to celebrate all those who've had birthdays. And we again said, and we said something, we said, you know, a family that eats together stays together. And we, that's what we feel. <laughs> so we, we start every day together and it's a mixture of, um, the seriousness of what's ahead in the day and then the joy of just being on this mission together. I think that's important. And so that's, I do believe that's the sort of the GWF vision is definitely a reflection of the community in, we, in which we are. And we hope to continue that as we grow these centers, that each one will be a reflection of the community it's in because the communities are all different. Um, and as a, with regards to it being a reflection of me, I think there is a lot of me in the space, um, having set it up, but uh, mainly a few things of that. I be, there are a couple of things that I, I 100% believe in, and I believe that you, if you have, you should give or share. Um, I believe that with my whole being. I believe we should um, allow young people, even if they are disadvantaged financially, to access excellence. I don't think that should that should change. Um, and I believe that we all um, have potential, and that everyone lives up to or down to any any. Um, expectations that you have of them. So I believe to expect the best of people and they almost 100% of the time do that. And I think that's, so there is a lot of that in GWF and you start to see everybody is is expecting excellence and giving off excellence. And I think that's where we're starting to get, get the magic that's happening here. One thing that I find so amazing about what you are doing there is that it's not just a reflection of you, although those are really powerful concepts and values that you are personally bringing to the organization, but you're also very cognizant of where you are geographically, who you're working with, the local culture, and it's kind of a, a uh, an ideal that organizations around the world often try to reach for, but I think you really successfully have done that and, and have brought in those influences into the way that you're doing things. And um, it's, it is, yes, it's value-based and you're influencing it and you're also welcoming um, values from the community and, and the contributions that everybody brings. So I think that's what makes the GWF experience so powerful for people. Absolutely. And I think, you know, in South Africa, um, you know, being a, a young South African who sort of grew up and within the changeover from apartheid into the, you know, the new South Africa, as we called it, I think we're all very aware of our different cultures and we, and we wanting to celebrate them. Part of, um, the, the wonder of South Africa is that we have 11 official languages and all these different cultures. And I think it's very important. We don't want to lose that. And if we can find a way to connect that and still be excellent, I think that would be something that the rest of the world could also learn from. And you don't have to lose yourself to join the world. And I think that's that's one of the big things that we, we're doing here. And in, in a small way, trying to explain to, to young people in a rural space is you don't have to leave the rural space to be successful. And you don't have to go to a city to create a future for yourselves. Actually, you can do it here. Um, if you're innovative and creative and prepared to work hard, you can do it. Yeah, I grew up in Canada, as you know, and uh, 
the Canadian culture is all about multiculturalism, where you retain whatever culture. I mean, it's a it's a country of immigrants, and South Africa is is not necessarily that any longer. Although certainly originally it was, but um, the uh, the idea of maintaining the culture at the same time that you're part of this national culture is is a really powerful one that I think honors and respects what each culture brings to uh, to the mix. So that's, that's an amazing thing about South Africa because it's so diverse and there's so many uh, different languages even that are, are operating. So that's that's amazing. Yes. And I must say for me, it's, it's what brings the magic under this tree here is, you know, even when we celebrate um, Heritage Day, which we do every year, when I, you realize that even our staff is from about six or seven different um, South African nationality. So it's wonderful. And we want everybody, you know, learning is not for any one specific group or, you know, excellence is not for one specific group. It's for everybody. And I think we want to embody that as GWF as we grow this organization. And as we, um, as we, we, we say here, yeah, copy and paste this thing all over South Africa and Africa. But <laughs> as we, as we sort of extend our reach and, and really try to, to refine this model, I think it is something that's important. Um, in areas which are locally different from each other. You have to take into account how it works in that area, who the people are in charge, who, you know, who are you dealing with, um, so that you don't impose what works in Hazyview might be different in the free state, and we can't just assume that it'll always just work. Yeah, and, and you're, you're really having, as you're, as you're doing this, as you're working through this process of, of what's the best way to deliver what you do, how, what do you think are the ways that you're impacting people, both the students and perhaps even the community beyond that, and the staff as well, certainly? Um, I think impact is an interesting one. I think for me, for our students, staff, and for everybody who's from this area, I think one a great impact and hopefully something that we are we are bringing to the space is that it no longer matters that you were born in a rural village and it doesn't matter. Is What, what has happened with this digit, the digital revolution is that you can connect in. If you choose to step through the door here or you choose to set foot on this campus, your life is yours, your future is yours, and you can make it happen. You can study anywhere in the world, you can study anything in the world. And I think that's having an extremely positive impact on the whole community. And we've seen that from our first year where we had to sort of almost go out and search for students to our third year where we've got waiting lists and people who want to be part of it. And we actually are sort of letting people in in a staggered form so that we can give as many people the opportunity, but we're not... Um, we're not short of students or anything. So I think that's been the one impact. The impact that we're having in our school program is, you know, we're moving from every hub into 10,000 young people, which is, is basically changing the trajectory of their learning. These young people are now accessing English, digital, maths, and their trajectory has changed. And what they will end up doing at the end of their school career is completely different to, to, um, to what maybe their parents would even have dreamt of. And, but all the time making sure that we're not saying you have to discount where you're from, who you connected with when you go and do that. And I think we really are working hard at, at while our impact must be positive, it can't just change and uproot everything. There are good things that we want to keep, 
Um, and but but I think our impact is starting to to gain some momentum. We're also starting um, with our media academy, which is one of our applied IT academies here, to start to impact further afield. Our young people are writing in um, newspapers. They're starting their blogs. They've all got blogs. They um, we've also started to supply. Um, our students are writing for some corporates in Johannesburg. They're um, blogging and their stories to fill their websites, running their social media campaigns. So I think slowly and slowly the impact is spreading and will take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you said um, one of the things that it, you've said on your, on your website and that I, I spoke about at the beginning was that your dream is to influence and change the thinking of an entire generation. Can you talk a bit mm -hmm. about that and what you see as the larger global vision that you have? I think for me, um, and yes, it starts here, but you know, we've had a lot of guests like yourself who come and work with us and, and who are now partners of the mission. And what we're realizing is, you know, education worldwide is needing a bit of a shake. And I think what we're able to do in a space like Hazyview where we are is there's very little unlearning that has to happen to create new directions and, and, and other things. So, what we're able to do is to pilot stuff and really try things. And if it's working, you can see the, the impact and you can see the, um, the outcomes quite quickly. And it's something that people can then see. And I, I think there's a, a model that's emerging here that actually could work um, pretty much anywhere. I don't think um, it's sort of stuck in South Africa. And I, if I can, when we talk about the changing of, of thinking of a generation is to look at it's no longer, and I, and I keep going back to it, it's, that it's not dependent on where I'm born or what family I'm born into. It's my choice to make that, that connection. And I think we've got lazy. I think we've sort of, depending if I go to a good school, you get a good job and you go to a good university. And, 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 and if you don't, then you don't. And I don't believe that that's the case anymore. I think it's about choice. And I think that if I, if I can change all these young people's um, thoughts is that why not? Why not? Why can't you go to America? Why can't you study in America? Why can't you be a rocket scientist? Why can't you be a great doctor? Why can't you be a great farmer? So it's why not? So if we can change, you know, as people say, can you go to university? They go, oh, no, I don't know. I'm saying, no, why not? That's, that's the question. And I think that's the, the choice that people need to start making. How do we choose to be great? How do we choose to create our own futures? And when the access is here, you can make that choice. Well, and it's it's just ties in perfectly with that quote about uh, why people asking, well, why should why would I be able to do this? What is it about me that would make, allow me to do that? And and the question then is, why not me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And there's also that great quote of that our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate, but that we are great. And I think that's another one that you know, if young people out here believe they are great, they're not sitting, they're not resigned to a future because they were born in Shabalala or Oakley or Justitia. They are who they are. They are perfect as they are, but they need to find what is it on this planet they are meant to do and what is their job, what is their, their mission, their sole purpose. And then once they've got that is to have the access to make that happen because then communities will change, then thoughts will change. And, and then we will, we will get grassroots fundamental change in these areas, which, which for me, is actually one of you know the the end goals of what we're doing. 
Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, that's really where the the power begins is at that yeah. very basic level. So, when when you're talking to people about GWF, when you're talking about when you're talking to donors um, and and the people that you want to serve, do you talk about this kind of impact? How how do you how do you talk about it? Um, it's interesting. We do. We talk with the the students and and the young people and staff that are working with us. I think we do talk a lot about what is our impact in the community? What do we want that to be? You know, we want to be a positive impact. We have to, you have to be um, careful a little bit not to completely undermine a whole education system. And yes, we are challenging it, but we're doing it in a positive way. We're not saying don't go to school. We're saying we'll come alongside, we'll support, we'll work with the department as we change um what the young people are accessing in in these areas. I think we do talk about it with donors. Um, it's a mixture. Um, they they want to know that young lives are being touched, that young people are being given opportunity. Um, not every donor asks what is the, the the true impact. Often their impact is how many numbers have we reached. To me, that's not always um, the impact. I want to know what are the young people doing after they've been here. How are they adding value to their community? Um, you know, as you know, we've hired quite a few of the top students through into our space and they're continuing to study and they're working with us. And so for me, what's interesting is, is the impact post the graduation, which is, I think, often what the donors do like. But we are finding, um, and specifically um, in America and the UK, a lot of donors starting to, to want to be part of something. And I think that's our been one of our, our, our biggest conversations with donors is, we're on this mission and we would love you to join us. It's, we're going to do it whether you join us or not. But if you believe in this, join us because we're going on a big mission here and it's exciting and you're very welcome to be a part of it. And whatever, whoever joins us adds their piece of passion like you brought your entrepreneur skills um, and into the small business space here. You know, everybody has what they can add to what this, this vision and mission is. And I think, once people understand that you don't have to study to be a certain thing or be a certain thing to, to add, if you give of yourself and you're present and you take your talent and you add that in to the, the melting pot that is happening here, that's where young people who resonate with you will learn and, and, and move forward. So I think it's, you know, we do talk about impact. Um, it ranges anything from the impact is of numbers of students to what are they doing now. I mean, my great joy is when somebody has started their own job and hires their own people. Um, I love it when people have started learning centers and come and ask for advice. <laughs> so if we can, you know, if we can do that, that that makes me happy. Well, and and one of the ways that you're ha that you and GWF are having impact is that you're affording people the opportunity to have their own impact and that's not limited to the students although that's obviously your focus but it's also as you mentioned the the donors and people that have gotten involved in the organization and that's an amazing gift for everyone who and allows them to have their own impact so it's really that ripple effect that goes out in the way that you're the way that you're having impact has so much impact on other people in multitude of ways Absolutely. And I think, you know, our big, our, our thing is we can't, you know, when I say we want to do an entire generation, that won't be just me. That's, that's a whole lot of foot soldiers that need to be on it. 
And so we really, we love people to come and be here, to be immersed in what we're doing, to get excited by it, and then go and do it in their own communities, in their own way. It's not to go and become a Hazy View Digital Learning Center somewhere else, but to be inspired to, to find a way to do something similar in, in this, in this, in wherever you are, in your place or in your, your community. And I think if we can manage to do that, that's when we start to really have great impact and to move you know, people into their own, um, you know, I use the word soul work, but what is it that you need to do on this, on this planet? It's never, not always the easiest thing, but it's the right thing. And then you, then you know when you're on that path. Well, and it's, it's obvious that you're really, you're, it's really important to you to have impact and to have this role that you're playing within GWF uh, in order to, to allow other people to have the impact that they're going to have and, and allow them to tap into their soul work. Why is that so important to you? Is it, how did that evolve? Was it, was it something that you have always had or did you come to it through some experiences that you've had, that desire to, to have impact? Um, it's interesting. I think, you know, always, I think it, a lot of it starts with your, your family that you're involved in. And from my grandmother to my mother, um, to the, the rest of the family have, have all, we've always been in, involved in, in community projects and, and in, in when we have being able to give. And I think that's a, a family, um, trait and a family, um, vision that has been there all the time. And I, I started to look when you start to work and, and I did a lot of, um, I'm a math, science, and biology teacher um, in a former life. And when I was working with the rural kids and I was doing a lot of career um, guidance with young people and, and sitting with the final year students as to what they want to do, and I kept saying to them, you know, you're going to work for 40 to 50 years of your life. It better be something that you love to do. And and it took me a little while, but eventually it started to sink into myself. You maybe have to say it a few times. But we do. We spend a lot of our time and waking time at our work and, and, and what we're doing. And to me, to find a place where that joins with what you love to do is, has been, I mean, it's been amazing. And I, and I'm so grateful every single morning to wake up and not just go to work, to do what I truly, truly love to do and what I'm meant to do. And I think if we can, if more and more people are able to do that, I think everybody's just better at it because I think you will be good at, you can always become good at a job, but you'll only be great when it is truly what you're meant to to do. And so the, we have a big push to find, and we talk a lot with the staff of, you're all on the bus, nobody panic, nobody's having to get off the bus, but if you're not on the right seat, we need to find your seat. So you find the energy in a person first, and then you find where they are. And I've got people who, were si who signed up, their first job here was the student liaison. Well, they're running the career program now. And I've got people who, you know, started as a cleaner and they're running student admin. And that's where people need to find what they love to do. And that way they will be a lot more um, impactful with it and, and just better at it. And it is a long time to be unhappy at work, your whole working career. So I'm not prepared to do that. And I think um, more people should be not prepared to do that. <laughs> well, and, and I, I think it's incredibly energizing and motivating when you're in the right place, when you're feeling like what you're doing is really exciting and that you're really tapped into something deeper within yourself. And you and I have had 
several conversations about f- people finding the right place within the organization, and mm-hmm. you really put a lot of effort into into that in a very um, nurturing way, and and I think that's incredibly valuable for people who perhaps don't have that quite have that perspective that they start off feeling like work is work and you have to kind of make it work for you however it unfolds it's it's also the experience that you're bringing them of well let's find the right place for you so that you can be energized that you can feel really excited about coming to work every day Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that I have been able to do, which I, is, is something I do know that I can do, is I can see potential in, in young people. They sometimes don't see it yet themselves, but I, it is something I'm able to recognize. And so I will hire often on that and not necessarily on content. I believe content can be taught, mm-hmm. but there's that thing that you can't teach that you can see in a kid um, or a young person. And we see that because we're very lucky in the way that our staffing has done, you know, we started with six staff members three years ago and we were at 43 now, but wow. we had six young people, but now all the others have come through our programs. So we don't have a job interview. You have a year with us where we find you. And it's the, the young people whose hands are up to do something extra or the young people who say, oh, can I just volunteer with the Open Learning Academy? And those young people, we can teach content to, but that, that, Understanding that you get up and you start to to serve is before you ask to be a, a member of a team is a, is an interesting thing. And if you can find that in people, the content and the job part can be added to that, and you will find their place um, in 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 this organization. And we really do, and, and it's so wonderful to see because you see people doing really good stuff, but when they sit in that right seat, it's just wonderful to see and to see young people really find their place and we find people who would never have dreamed of being teachers and we've now got a whole class of our staff members who are now studying education and run their own tutorial every week and you know are starting to get degrees people who two years ago never thought you know they would ever go and study are now you know teaching other people and getting their own degrees and I think that is very exciting as a you know as the CEO and as the person who needs to make sure I'm redundant at some point. It makes me very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you really bring that and everyone is, is it's, it's a way of thinking that's really infused the organization because I had a number of conversations with people of, well, you know, this person might really be able to bring value in this situation. They seem to be really suited for that. And it's something that you and your staff are on the lookout for, which is a great way of developing people. Definitely. And I think, you know, especially out here in the rural space, we sometimes have to watch ourselves because our staff have come through the same system that we're trying to to change. Mm-hmm. And so you have to spend a lot of time on the staff. And I think that's made us focus on it. And now that I've focused on it and I can see the rewards that come with that, no matter where I work, that's what I would do because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it really, it's almost forced us to do it, but it is the right thing to do. And out here, a lot of the young people have never dreamed of what they could be. They always, if you ask young people in high school, you say, what do you want to do? They say they want a job because it's about security. It's about family security and financial security. And and to ask them the question, well, what would you love to do is, a, is not a, a normal question that is, is asked in, in sort of young rural South Africans. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to say to, to the team, you're on the team, what part of this mission do you 
love to do. When you know what the GWF mission is, you have to go quiet and you have to figure out, you can use anything you want, a vision board, a quiet time or whatever, but what is your personal mission and work and where they overlap is where you'll make magic for this organization and that's where I need to try and put them and find a way because then you'll find and it's amazing to me that you you think oh everyone's going to want to be in one part but when you really start to tap in who the people are there's a person for every section there's a person who loves admin then there's a person who loves to work with the kids then you have tea man who loves to make coffees and you have this person and it's the most amazing thing to find that it actually everyone finds their place you don't mm. just have people who want to do one thing and then you don't have any admin people there are people who love admin, so we need to find them and make them do that sole work, especially for people like me. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh, it's really great to see that all coming together, and quite amazing that it does happen that you find people in for every role. And I think you know what you're saying isn't limited to South Africa. The the way of thinking about work is shifting and changing, and that question of well, what what would I really love to do is not a given necessarily. It, it may be in some realms, but um, it's not necessarily a given that that's a question that even gets asked. So the fact that you're bringing that as well into the mix is, I think, really important for people finding work that is going to allow them to evolve and develop in a way that allows them to reach their potential and, and really tap into something greater within themselves. So that's powerful. Absolutely. And, and and for me, the other thing is that people will move from here possibly to other places. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always say they're not allowed to leave until they've created their replacement, but that people <laughs> must move. And if we're still five years down the line with the same people in the circle, then I haven't done my job. And it's important that people are moving through this organization. And if we can instill here a love of learning and working hard, but in your true, your true passion and what you love to do, when they go into another organization or area, they start, they do the same. And that is another way I think that can really impact positively. We've had a few of our young students go off one, our one tech guy has moved to Londolozi and he's starting to, he's got his GWF ethos is still there mm -hmm. and his culture is there and he's starting to, to, to move that to another place. You know, people are moving on. And while it's very sad to see great people go, people must. They must go. It's their journey. Um, they were just with us for a while on their path. So it's it's been it's interesting to see, and it's so wonderful to see young people. And our staff is young. We always laugh that if we take a few of us out, I think the average age is about 21. <laughs> so it's young people. Um, but to see them starting on a journey where people are are nurturing and and making sure that they're on the right path. And if you if, imagine if we all got that at the beginning of our of our um, work careers, yeah. I mean that would be amazing. It is, yeah. And 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 we've I mean we've talked a lot today about um, the the positive impact and the the ways in which things are really working well at GWF. And along the way, I'm sure you've run across some obstacles or or problems, I hate even using that word, but let's say uh, challenges um, in, in having the impact that you want to have. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you worked, were able to work through those? I think it's really helpful for people to hear that, yes, it's not all this you know, smooth and easy path that we, we all have issues to, to deal with 
and uh, that we are able to work through them successfully? Um, absolutely. I think, you know, some of our, our challenges that we have, and I agree with you, after the staff know they mustn't come with a problem unless they've already organized the solution to tell me. <laughs> so it's, it's, I think, you know, in the NGO space, which is the space in which we play, it's funding is always an issue. And um, sometimes part of my, part of an issue that I have and a challenge I have is I can so clearly see and out, see where we need to go that I can't understand why we can't get there faster. And I think that's been a very big lesson for me. Um, I'm very clear on where <laughs> I'd like to take um, the organization and who I need to join to get there. And it's amazing once you do get that path clear, the right people all seem to come along, which is, is, is interesting. So I think to take, we've had to take time to really focus what is it that we do, what are we good at, how can we add the best value and then that's been one that we've had to overcome funding is always an issue in the NGO space I think we you know we have a, a whole department that's on that all the time um, but I do think the more people get to know you and the more people understand what it is we're doing and why we're doing it that funding seems to be to be moving um, and it's sometimes there's a there's a I mean we have internet frustrations um, we have Sometimes the politics of communities can be tricky, um, and so it can take a long time to get um, permission to do a building or to do that. But we've we've tried really hard with that to always have a partner, a local partner. So here at Hazyview, um, there's a local church whose land we're on, and it it almost sort of fast tracked our street cred. Because otherwise, it takes you a few years to for people to trust that you're here for the long haul. What is it that you do? Um, so our biggest our biggest challenges have been, yeah, the funding, the the need sometimes to where you feel like you should be going faster. And I know you and I had that conversation. And sometimes you have to look and say, actually, you have moved a very long way in three years. But when you're in it, you feel like you should have been even further. But when you stop and look back, you've actually achieved quite a lot. I think that's a big one. And then the other, as I said, is the, the politics in a, in a rural space can be, can be tricky, but that comes to choosing the right partners, spending time in the community and not deciding what the community needs. You, the community knows what it needs. You need to hear and see if it aligns and if you can add value to, to what they, they need. So those I think have been some obstacles. Um, but I think we've, we've done pretty well to, to mow them over, mostly. <laughs> well, and, and to constructively work through them. I mean, I know you're part of No, I'm joking. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I know, you're, I know you are really passionate about and very effective at creating alliances with people and, and uh, having connections that, that people find meaningful and that they want to contribute in their own way. And you're, you're very effective spokesperson for GWF in that, in that realm. So, um, so that's, that's I think, go yeah. ahead. And I think so, you know, we've, we've been very clear also, we do work. It's very easy to discount government and to, to just carry on in your own, in your own world, but you do have to engage with government. Government is here and we need to engage with them. And I think we've been very, clear that we've engaged both with government, also with employers as to what skills are needed. It doesn't help us to train people um, and then nobody needs that skill. So we've been very 
as you said, we've spoken to a lot of people. We didn't just come gallivanting into the, the area and take over. There was a lot of conversation with employers, with the schools, with the tertiary institutions here, with, with the Department of Education. You know, we, we've been very um, aware that those partners are needed. Um, and then, you know, in South Africa, there's a big push to have, I mean, government can't do everything on its own. So it's government, private partnerships and NGO implementers on the ground. And that partnership can be very powerful if it's done properly. And if it's, and if everybody understands what role they play and what they need to, they need to be doing. So I think, yeah, we've worked hard at that. And I think it is a lot of the reasons why there haven't been too many obstacles. We've managed to sort of move through them. So as you're moving forward and from the perspective that you're at right now, what insights or advice would you share with another organization leader or entrepreneur who's asking themselves about how can I have this positive influence in, on my own organization and in the larger world, how can I have this kind of impact? What would you, what would you impart to them or share with them from your own experience? I think the first thing is don't wait till the plan's perfect, just start. I think you have to start is the first one. I think it's very important to be yourself. If you are in in the sort of, it's always so funny to me to be in the entrepreneurial space, but I suppose we are, um, is to, if you're going to be in an innovative space and a creative space, is you have to be yourself. It's too hard if you're trying to be something else. So understand you first, um, decide what the mission is, and don't, the plan will never be perfect. You have to just get started and then be brave enough to say, okay, that's not working. Let's shift. It's, let's keep doing that. And I really do think that the moment you are, are being yourself, you're, you're in your soul work, as we spoke about earlier, then it will be great. It can't but be great. I really do believe that. But my biggest thing is don't wait. Just get started. It's the, you know, there's so many lessons that are learned along the way. Nobody's project will be exactly the same as yours. Nobody's company will be exactly the same as yours. So yes, you can learn from others, but if you spend your life waiting for the perfect business plan and the perfect everything, nothing will ever get done. So be brave, jump off the, the cliff, and then, <laughs> but also be, and it is a, you do have to be brave to also admit when something's not working. Don't, you know, don't flog a dead horse. Keep Keep at it, but if something is, it's not meant to be so hard that it doesn't happen. Um, you know, the world will guide you, you know, then just shift your focus a little bit and you'll find a way around the obstacle. You, there are ways to keep hitting your head against the wall also is not good use of your time. So there are, if something is keeps stopping and keeps stopping, then maybe there is something different to look at. The universe is trying to help you. So make sure you don't go there. But the biggest thing is to be yourself and get started. I love that advice because it's so easy to get bogged down in planning and feeling like things have to be a certain way before you even begin. And the only way that things can really evolve is to start putting things out there and then whoever you're trying to serve, they'll let you know what's valuable and what's not. And you start to have this ongoing conversation and dialogue that helps you evolve in your work as much as it helps them. So I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, our, we, we began all our projects with a, a DIY building book and we built a preschool. We had no idea what we were doing. And it's, you know, from there it has all evolved. So 
Be brave and jump. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what you said too about understanding yourself and then being yourself is really important too, because if you, you understand who you are and what you bring, it's, it's incredibly helpful as you're, as you're moving into work that you find so powerful. So that's amazing. Yeah. And I think you're more likely to stick with it if things do get tough. <laughs> if it's something that's yeah. not really you, it's harder to really keep going when things are not going easily. Um, so it's much easier to, to do that if you know it's actually, you don't have a choice. This is who you are and this is what you need to do. Um, and, you know, we say we have sometimes community work fatigue um, because it is difficult to work in communities and when people are, lives are hard. And But then you, you go quiet and say, well, is there anything else you'd rather do? And there's not. So then get on it again and that's what you have to do. Yeah, and I, I think having clarity about your own values is important. It's it's the reason I asked you about that earlier on and is if you it's part of knowing yourself, of knowing what's important to you and what is a non-negotiable in terms of how you want to work. That's uh, that's a really powerful thing to bring into the mix as well. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kate. You've, uh, as usual, you're an amazing uh, advocate for the Good Work Foundation and uh, a, you're a real visionary. I think that the powerful and, and energized way that you're bringing this work into the world is, is uh, really incredible. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. I think it's going to be very inspiring for people to hear. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. So if, if people want to get in touch with you at uh, GWF, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, our website is um, goodworkfoundation.org, so www.goodworkfoundation.org, and I'm kate at goodworkfoundation.org, and you can follow us on Facebook, um, which is also the Good Work Foundation. Okay, great. Um, so is there... Um, Anything in particular on the website that you would like people to that that you think would be helpful for them to know about GWF? Any any particular aspect that you want to? Absolutely, share? I think that um, number one is if you sign up for our blog, it sort of keeps you in the loop of all the different things that are going on. But we have on the homepage about us. There's a a couple of infographics that have been done, which really. People who do infographics are amazing, so they, it just sort of sums up everything we do in like three minutes, which um, sometimes can be a little overwhelming. But yeah, so it's it's um, it is there's some great movies which really do give a um, a sense of what we are up to here and and how people can get involved. And if people want to create things similar to here in their own spaces, they would be very welcome to contact us, and we can ha start those conversations. That's awesome. Great. Well, thank you. So uh, to everyone listening, join us for more podcasts on impact. Uh, subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. And thank you so much to everyone for listening and for being here. And until next time, keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact.